Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. Hope you're having a great week. I'm doing great, man. I'm really, really happy these days. I am. I hope you are too. And the thing that I've learned about happiness is it is often contagious. So I'm going to do my best to spread the good vibes and the positivity into your life, whether it be through your phone, through your car, whatever. Hope that you're doing good. Hope that the people you love love you back. I hope that you've got some good plans for the summer. You can get out and enjoy life a little bit. Man, there's so much more to life. It's raising kids and paying the bills. You know, and sometimes we got to do that. For me, I know I got old in my 30s. I did. I did. I'm probably younger and cooler now than I ever have been, to be quite honest with you, if I do say so myself. But I'm really happy. I am. Happy about a lot of things. Got a lot of positivity my life right now but uh, I've taken some steps to create that positivity I just kind of sit around and wait you know wait for the next wave to arrive you know that's the thing about life you got to have a little kick man you do so also want to share with you something too I can't be too I don't know open about this just yet let me just say there's a situation out there that uh, you guys have been aware of for I don't know several years now I guess a few years to be on the safe side and uh, it is about to be resolved in some respect. And um, so I've got some information about that. And I apologize for speaking so cryptically. I do. That said, I uh, spoke to my attorney earlier today. And there will come a time that we're going to release some information that uh, will be of awful, a lot of interest to you, be awfully interesting to you if I can get that out properly. I think it'll be very interesting reading um, I know that uh, I find it interesting, so I'm just kind of put it out there again. It's kind of cryptic, and I do apologize for that. But um, listen, I want people to get full credit for everything they do, right? I mean, there's some people too out there that I have learned about life. There are a lot of people, of course, they have all this bravado. You know, they're so tough until you slap them in the face. And so, you know, not that I'm a person that advocates for physical violence, but metaphorically speaking, sometimes you got to slap some people around and get a little respect around here. And so when the time comes, and I'll let you know, I'll let you know, we're going to release some information that I think is going to be awfully interesting to a lot of people, not just Mississippi State fans. But we're going to release it in its entirety. No editing. Just going to put it out there. And you guys can read it. And now people will be hitting me up. Steve, what's going on? I'm not, don't even bother messaging me. I'm not going to tell you. But there are some people out there that have knowledge of this situation that probably think that, well, you know, Steve's just going to go, you know, go on with life, man. Live out by the pool. He and his wife will go whitewater rafting. Everything will be great. And it is going to be great. But... I'm not going to let people just kind of ease quietly into the night, if you know what I'm saying. Because here's my attitude about that, and you, and you may be different. May, maybe you're not as petty and insecure as I am. But I am the kind of person that uh, I believe if you come after me, you better bring a sack lunch. Because when you do, it's going to be an all-day affair. And there will, there will come a time that you'll be in the, you know, you'll be there, you know, begging for the bell. You know, somebody throw the towel. 
But when you get locked up face-to-face with the old Rose Bowl, nobody can hear you scream. And so you got to be careful what you wish for. And so, again, I know I'm speaking very cryptically, but, again, this is kind of a message to some other people. But you all will benefit. There will come a time. We'll make it public for everybody. Everybody. And everybody can see what was said, who said what, who did what, who was right, who was wrong, uh, and who wasted a lot of people's time and money. So maybe you can draw your own conclusions from that. But uh, I'm happy about that, to be honest with you. I am. I am. Uh, Again, I'm one of those kind of people. You know, I don't just, you know, go quietly into the good night. I'm going to go kicking and screaming. But uh, when things maybe don't go the way you expect them to, I think it's important that we uh, establish the facts. Because one of the things that I'm not going to be is lied about. I can assure you of that. I won't be lied about. I will never be voiceless, and I will never just look the other way and say, ah, we'll just let it go. We'll let sleeping dogs lie. Nah, not going to do it. Not going to do it. And maybe that'll be a lesson in the future. Because that's the thing that's so funny is these people thought they were going to teach me a lesson. But in turn, it was them that got the lesson taught. And I'll be doling out education for the rest of my life. So you ever need uh, some education, boys? You come right on back. Professor Robertson's more than happy to give you some instruction. All right, let's move on. Uh, Bulldog Burger Company, I will be in there this week. I've got a hankering, again, for those onion rings, and it's, which is weird because I don't like uncooked onions, but I love onion rings. It's kind of weird. My wife says that all the time. She's that's so weird to me that you won't eat this and you won't eat that, but you eat an onion ring. You don't want onions in this. And it's like, I guess the main thing is I want to be surprised by an onion like hiding in a dish. Because one thing that she does that irritates me at times is she'll make some big delicious casserole and we'll cook all evening and you think, oh, it's going to be fantastic. And I go take a big bite and there's uncooked onions in there, you know, or whatever. I don't like it. I don't like it. I like to control my onion distribution. You know my feelings about onions and potato salad, too. But all that said, I'm going to go have some onion rings at Bulldog Burger Company. Probably going to go with the Mississippi Barbecue Burger again. You know, I'm an addict. You know, it's like whatever works for me, I stick with it. This works for me. I love that Mississippi Barbecue Burger. I think you will, too. Next time you're in, and maybe you've got your own favorites. I know how it is. You think, oh, I'm going to go here. I'm going to order this. Trust me, if you go in with an open mind one day, go to Bulldog Burger Company and have that Mississippi barbecue burger. I'm, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll change the experience for you. And it's already great. It's a great addition to a wonderful menu. Maybe you're not feeling like a burger today. Have that BLT salad. I like it grilled. You may like it fried, but I like it grilled. I have a good time with it. It's fun. I rarely ever finish it, but it's great. Get that chocolate shake or the Nutella shake to go. That's a super thing. And, and they've gotten really quick with that, too. Like, you can tell them hey, I want to go ahead and add this to the check when you're kind of finishing up. And then they bring a check back, and there's your shake. So you can sign the check, you can get your shake, and ride that ride home with a smile. Three great locations to serve you. University Drive in Start Vegas, Gloucester Street there in Tupelo, Lake Harbor Drive, in the original Flowood area. Go by and check them out today. And again, more live music coming to Tupelo, more tap takeovers in the future. So if you're looking to do that, we'll be happy to keep you abreast of all the goings-on at Bulldog Burger Company, the place where people go to meet, M-E-A-T. All right, 
I want to spend our first segment of the show talking about Chad Bumpus. Chad Bumpus is a legend here at Mississippi State. Chad Bumpus is a guy that uh, we have wanted to be back on this campus and on our football staff for years now. You know, after he got a pro football, you know, he went to work and spent some time with Hudspeth at Austin P. and uh, eventually made his way to Utah. Worked with a great staff there, played in some Pac-12 championship games, recruited and developed players at a high level, and now he's here. But he's not Chad anymore. He's coach. And he's doing a good job. And there were a lot of people, you know, hey, when he first got here, people said, hey, he's going to hit the ground running. One thing that I can explain to you about Chad Bumpus, going all the way back to when he committed to Mississippi State, Chad wanted to be a part of the rivalry. He did. And one of the things that was attractive to me about Chad uh, becoming a coach at Mississippi State was the recruiting aspect. Chad knows what it's like to grow up in the state of Mississippi. He understands what it means to play in the Egg Bowl. He understands how important it is to win with in-state recruiting. And in order for Mississippi State to be as successful as we expect her to be, we have got to do well in in-state recruiting. And to be honest with you, I don't think splitting is enough. And if we split equal talent, then it's difficult for us to get any separation. Right? we got to win in-state. I think Chad's a guy that can help us do that. Now, Chad took a lot of criticism early in his recruiting process. A ton. I think a lot of it was unwarranted. I understand how people feel. But uh, there were some guys early on that made some commitments to other schools, and, and we saw it on our message board. People were like, well, hey, you know, Bumpus needs to pick it up. We tried to caution people. It's a long process. You know, just kind of hang in here. Things are going to be okay. You know, J.J. Harrell, of course, committed to Tennessee. Uh, Narelle White committed to Arkansas. And people were like, well, where's this, you know, where's this going to change? What's going to happen? You know, we can't survive recruiting offensive skill out of state. And let's just be honest about that. More times than not, if we go into Alabama, we're going to get the kids that Alabama and Auburn don't want. If we go into LSU and Louisiana, we're, we're going to get the kids the Tigers don't want. But in order for us to catch them, we've got to get players that they want. The way to catch LSU, Alabama, and schools like that on the field is to catch them on a recruiting trail first. Now, we're not going to recruit at the level Alabama does, but we've got to be able to win some of those battles. And certainly you can't allow out-of-state schools to consistently to come into your home state and take your best players away, especially on the offensive side, because we don't do a great job in the Magnolia State producing offensive skill. We do a great job defensively. We'll produce some linebackers, some safeties, and certainly defensive linemen. We do a pretty good job on the offensive line. We don't always produce quarterbacks. We do produce some running backs. But when it comes to wide receivers – we're just kind of hit or miss. And then when we get a great one, it seems to leave the state. And that's why you bring Chad Bumpus in to correct that. And so people were on him. I don't understand. What are we going to do? Well, now all of a sudden you look up, and now J.J. Harrell has decommitted from Tennessee. And there is a lot of discussion from people in the know that will suggest Mississippi State actually has the mojo with J.J. Harrell. Now, some old Miss people will suggest they do, but that's always the case. They think they're going to get anybody, and then when they don't, then they say, well, we didn't really want them, or they have character issues, they weren't going to qualify, 
uh, you know, they're Powerade people, we're Gatorade people, you know, all that kind of stuff. But right now, Chad Bumpus is on kind of the precipice of putting together a tremendous in-state wide receiver class in a year where we have some tremendous in-state wide receivers. That's really exciting. And a lot of that is because Chad, rather than pout and say, oh, well, I've lost these guys early on, he has continued to recruit them. It's interesting, too, to read the old Miss commentary, and I do from time to time when it comes to recruiting. I mean, that's, that's really – I like to hear what – read what some of their insiders are saying to see if it matches up with what we're saying. And, and here recently it hasn't as much, which makes me wonder, you know, who's wrong? Is it us? Is it them? Is it their sources? Are they creating quotes again? You see, though, it's never happened. Oh, it has. It has. And here's the thing, too, and I'll share this with you, and I think we've got a good enough relationship, that I would rather be popular on signing day than today. And what I mean by that is I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear today because I understand there is an end game. It's not like, oh, well, I can say, well, you know, hey, this band is the best in the world, and there's never anything to, uh, there's no finality to that. It's just a matter of opinion. It's one thing in recruiting to say, well, you know, here's what I'm hearing, and here's what I think is going to happen. Well, at some point, they're going to sign. And so if all year long I sit here and tell you, oh, this is going to work out, we're going to flip this kid, we're going to get that kid, and signing day comes, and I haven't been honest with you, there's going to be a price to pay. Maybe you cancel your subscription to our website. Maybe you stop listening to the show. Maybe you go burn my books. I don't know. But I'm not the guy that's just going to feed you a line of bull and tell you everything is great. I told you guys on this show a couple weeks ago, I was starting to get a little concerned about recruiting. Now I'm very encouraged about recruiting. And a lot of that over the course of the next few months is going to be about the efforts of Chad Bumpus. I believe State's going to get J.J. Harrell. I do. I'm not scared to say it. I believe State is going to get J.J. Harrell. I know he's at North Panola or up there in Sardis, Mississippi. I know he's much closer to the Ole Miss campus than he is ours. And I also know that Ole Miss has done a better job the last decade of putting wide receivers in the National Football League. We have not. And that's something that will be used against us when people negatively recruit against Mississippi State. And that's a fair criticism. But then you point at Chad Bumpus and say, hey, you know, look at what he's done at Utah. Look at what he did here. And Chad wasn't the biggest guy. He wasn't. But he had dog in him. And, he, and you know, Chad probably was unfairly uh, cut by the Miami Dolphins. People forget he led the Miami Dolphins in the preseason in receptions. Chad wasn't the fastest guy, but he was fast enough. And so that's one of the things that I'm sure people will point to and say, hey, at one time Chad Bumpus was uh, the leading receiver in Mississippi State history, and he didn't make it in the NFL. So why do you think you would? Well, Chad will be the one to counter with that and say, you know what, yeah, I still had a great career here. Look at what I'm doing now. And maybe I wasn't fast enough, maybe I wasn't big enough, but I can show you the things that made me great on a college level, and perhaps you have more physical skill. Maybe you're a bigger player, maybe you're faster. I can show you what it takes to be successful in the Southeastern Conference. And if you're successful in the Southeastern Conference, chances are you get looks from NFL scouts. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. 
That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. you got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You get keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You get fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Norrell White was at Mississippi State. Uh, came to Top Dog, Big Dog Camp. We're going to call it Big Dog Camp. Uh, Thursday night, didn't camp. Just hung out and then spent the day Friday. Now, he's committed to Arkansas and has been for a little while now. And they're going to have to work exceptionally hard to get him. Now, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think he's coming to Mississippi State. But I do believe it'll boil down to State or Ole Miss. There was a lot of discussions early on about, hey, Norrell White had uh, some success as a high school player. Uh, A lot of Ole Miss people are forecasting him to flip from Arkansas to Ole Miss, and he may do that. I can't tell you one way or another. I know he is set to officially visit Arkansas here in a couple weeks. They will do all they can to keep him in their recruiting class. He's a very talented player. And you begin to look at this and you begin to ask yourself, okay, well, where do things sit? I really believe what's happened with him is that uh, that March 13 commitment, and you think about that for a second, I mean, that's very, very early in the recruiting process, especially to commit to an out-of-state school. It'd be one thing if Norrell White had picked State or Ole Miss in March, and you'd say, hey, it's not over, but it's more likely that, that commitment sticks. I think that's an important aspect of things. 
It truly is. When you commit to an out-of-state school that early and you don't have ties or connections to it, chances of that commitment sticking are pretty slim. It is so difficult to beat the home state school or schools. It is. Even in this state, even though we lose some players from time to time, it's difficult to beat state and Ole Miss. And if I'm Arkansas, I'm probably already looking for another option because you think, okay, if it was just Ole Miss – or just Mississippi State, you can say, okay, we can hold them off. But when you've got both schools telling Norrell White, hey, you need to stay in state, and that's one thing where both schools are trying to get him, but they're both kind of preaching the same message. Hey, Mississippi kids need to stay here. And so that's an important aspect of this. I think Arkansas is in trouble. Whether he ends up at Ole Miss or State, I think Arkansas is in trouble. Uh, but I can tell you that State is very much in the game with Narelle White. And I won't be the least bit surprised if we get him. I also won't be surprised if he flips to Ole Miss. But I do think ultimately he will end up with a Mississippi uh, signing, whether it be State or Ole Miss. Uh, we've talked about San Francisco McGee here recently on the show. I'm a huge fan. I am. I told you guys last week I was a little concerned about his size until I saw him in person at field level. Uh, I think the guy can play linebacker. I think he can play safety. I think he can play wide receiver. I think he can do whatever you want. And that's one of the things about this in-state class that I really like. You have guys with some versatility. You have some guys that are not pigeonholed into one position. And San Francisco McGee, I, I think I'd play him at receiver, especially when you want to run the football as much as we apparently want to. You're going to need some guys that can block on the perimeter. And I don't know that we've got a bunch that can. That's the thing when you go out and, you know, sign a bunch of uh, fleet-footed slot receivers. Those guys sometimes struggle to maintain blocks on the perimeter. San Fresco, not going to have that problem. Very physical, strong, South Mississippi kid. That guy grew up out on Highway 98 eating Ward's hamburgers. I can promise you he can bring the funk. He can't. And I expect Mississippi State to get him too. And, again, is he wide receiver? Is he not? I don't know. We talked earlier, Jeremy Scott, currently committed to Ole Miss from Callaway High School. He was on campus, too. And that's the thing you begin to ask yourself, too. It's like all of a sudden, all these guys are committed. Jeremy Scott commits to Ole Miss. Narell White commits to Arkansas. J.J. Harrell commits to Tennessee. So, all of a sudden, people are like, hey, Bump, what's happening? Well, now, all of a sudden, everybody's still in play. And Jeremy Scott committed to Ole Miss, but yet on the Mississippi State campus during Big Dog Camp. Well, why would that be? I mean, if he's if Ole Miss is in his heart and he's solid in his decision, why is he walking around hanging out with Chad Bumpus on a Thursday night when he could be in Oxford or back home in Jackson? And so I, I bring these things up, number one, because I believe we're going to do a great job putting together an in-state crop. But also, two, to remind people to take a moment to take a deep breath. When there is an early commitment to an out-of-state school, everybody panics. It's rare that those commitments stick without a real fight from State or Ole Miss. And more times than not, they ultimately stay in State unless State or Ole Miss just decide, hey, I'm, we're going to go somewhere else with our efforts. You know, a kid commits to Alabama, you stay on him, but you know the chances of him sticking with Alabama are not good. I mean, are good. It's going to be tough to flip it. It's a little different with Tennessee, right? I mean, you know, they signed a kid last year. State and Ole Miss didn't really pursue him much. I know State didn't. 
And so they come back again, and all of a sudden, all these Tennessee people are like, ah, you know, Mississippi's going to Mississippi. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if it's a criticism or not, but I know this. I know that State and Ole Miss both are going to work exceptionally hard to protect the border. And now J.J. Harrell, we fully expect him to be a Bulldog or Rebel. And again, I'll tell you Bulldog. But all these guys that committed early, that people were so critical of Chad for not getting, now all of a sudden, it looks like Chad could get them all if you wanted them. You start working through this and you begin to realize, hey, there's some big-time players in this state, and Chad Bumpus is a lead recruiter on several of them. So in many respects, our class is going to go how Chad Bumpus goes. Let's talk a little bit about Stonka Burnside. Birth certificate says Braylon Burnside. His friends called him Stonka. Starville High School, and, uh, you know, here recently, uh, Dave Johnson from uh, Inside the Rebels, Crystal balled him to Ole Miss, and – which, um, and again, I'm not being critical of Dave. I mean, I don't know who he talks to, right? I got a kid at Starville High School, too. Uh, well, not anymore. He's a graduate this year. I live in Starkville. I know a lot of people in Starkville. I know a lot of people connected to Starville High School and Starville High School football. And I can tell you, if he goes to Ole Miss, it's going to shock all of them. Shock all of them. Now, what I'm hearing is that Chad Bumpus has become the most significant relationship in Stonka Burnside's recruitment, that he and Chad have really hit it off, have really hit it off. And I think that's going to be significant. Not only that, too, but Stonka plays seven-on-seven with a lot of these guys. P.J. Woodland, I love P.J. Woodland's game, be a cornerback out of Oak Grove. And we always talk about kind of the super friends mentality. You know, you love to be able to get all these kids – that have connections to each other. And all these guys say, we want to play together, we want to play together. That's easier said than done. However, however, you got a lot of these guys that play together that all have offers from Mississippi State. And they're takes from Mississippi State. So the possibility exists. There's always the fantasy, but it rarely becomes a reality. But this go-around there actually is the possibility that State gets J.J. Harrell, Stonka Burnside, Nareel White. I probably feel the least confident about Nareel White. But my point being is you have some of these recruits out there that are talking among themselves about coming to play at Mississippi State. And why do you think that is? Number one, Zach Arnett's done a good job kind of carrying a message. We discussed that earlier in the week. But a lot of us, Chad Bumpus. So, again, it doesn't matter what kind of juice or momentum you have in June. It matters who signs in December. We all, we all know that. Right? And there's so many people that want to remind me of that on Twitter. Uh, let me go ahead and save you a few Q-strokes. I don't know. I don't care, and I already know this. Well, I'm not going to get excited. Well, okay, well, keep that to yourself. There's nothing wrong with joy and excitement. There are a lot of other people that follow Mississippi State sports very closely that are extremely excited about the direction of recruiting. And we didn't feel that way two weeks ago. We do now. And I had people telling me, you know, a lot of sources telling me, hey, business is about to pick up. Let us get through camp. Business is about to pick up. Well, it has. And then there's always, uh, you know, the guy with the wet blanket to come out there. Well, nothing's official until they sign. Yeah, no duh. You think we don't know that? I mean, I need you to get on Twitter and tell me that. Give me a breath. Of course we know this. Of course we have to continue to recruit them. 
We all know this. We all know that nothing is official until signing day. Mr. Obvious, well, I'm not going to get excited. I don't care if you ever get excited. But just keep your misery to yourself. You know, the true recruitniks, the people that really followed us closely, everybody recognizes we got some juice right now. And that's the thing, too. You begin to think all of a sudden, let's say you get Stonka Burnside to commit. You know, a lot of discussion early on, he was going to wait and do it uh, in the postseason. What if he does it now? What if Stonka Burnside decides this summer, hey, I'm going to go ahead and commit to Mississippi State. And then he works to influence others. And all of a sudden, San Francisco McGee, who we expect to be a Bulldog, what if San Francisco and then Stonka are working together to get J.J. Harrell, who we expect to be a Bulldog? And now all of a sudden, you've got this trio of very talented players that have connections with others and said, hey, let's go in here and do something special together. And all of a sudden, P.J. Woodland joins the group. And then, So you can see how the dominoes could continue to fall in a very positive direction for Mississippi State. Now, that said, things never go according to plan. You know, Ole Miss, as much as we don't like them, I give them a lot of credit. There are some people connected to Ole Miss that are very, very committed to getting things done, especially in the world of recruiting. And all of a sudden, we develop some momentum and some juice They'll find a way to get a counterpunch off. They'll, they'll be a guy that we're expecting to get. They'll go out there and they'll do something, put together some NIL package or whatever, or as history has shown, something not necessarily NIL related, but still uh, entitled with compensation. They'll do what needs to be done. And you can see and sense that their people are beginning to realize that things are not as they thought they were when it comes to in-state recruiting. So you can better believe there will be a counterbalance action at some point for Ole Miss to try to wrestle control back. And that's why I think it's going to be such an exciting year. And listen, there are sometimes the, the guys just like the other school more. The thing that I go back to and people say, you know what, hey, you know, it's an NIL world, Steve. And it is. And things are changing. Uh, I know that people, that matter of fact, people are on their way right now to Washington, D.C. to lobby for a very, very significant federal law governing NIL that will change everything. But the thing that I began to think about is like, how good can you feel about a kid when you gotta pay him to come to your school? I mean, let that sink in for a second. I mean, obviously the world is changing and I'm, I've always been a proponent for the student athlete. I want what's best for the student athlete, but also wants the protection for the team, protection for the coaches. You know, we're gonna err on the side of the student athlete, but at the same time too, it's all of these recruiting, you know, talking points that you've had over the years. It's like, oh, you know, well, our school sells itself, and we've got the best facilities. And, you know, it's like, well, how many schools have you been to? Well, none. Well, how do you know? Oh, we had the best IPF. How many have you been in? Well, ours. Well, of course you think that, right? And so it's important to understand it's a big world out there. But uh, it's one of those things, too, when you talk about how your game day atmosphere and your great fan base – um, sells your program, why are you having to pay kids? If it sells itself, why do you? Why are you the one doing the buying? And so that's the thing I think about. It's like if you've got to go sit down and say, well, you know, some kids are going to require NIL money. That's true. It is. But I think in the end, in the end, I want people that want to come here, period. I'm not a Pollyanna. I understand that we're probably at times going to have to work through NIL to be competitive. I get that. I get it, especially for the upper crust. I understand how that works. But what sense of loyalty is there from recruits to a program 
when the money runs out? Do you have to keep paying? I mean, you know, I, I know in the past we've had some guys that we've gotten in trouble with, you know, for paying players, and, like, they never stop asking. Once they start asking and you start giving, they continue to ask because they always get what they want. And so what happens now, all of a sudden you sign some big NIL, some big NIL deal and uh, they get out there, maybe they don't work as hard. You know, maybe they're a player that has no aspirations of going to the National Football League or perhaps doesn't have the ability or just a good college player. Well, all of a sudden you saddle up with an NIL deal that you can't cancel because it can't be based on pay for play, right? All of a sudden you sign this deal to get a kid to come to school and he quits on you and just kind of loafs around. What happens then? You've already given him the money. You made a, you've made a commitment. So what do you do then? It's an interesting quandary. It really is. But I suspect down the stretch that Chad Bumpus is going to deliver in a big way for Mississippi State. I think a lot of those people that were very critical of him early on, and again, some of that criticism is warranted because, hey, you say, we brought in this guy to, to, uh, to kind of fine-tune our in-state recruiting at wide receivers, and all of a sudden they're all going to other schools. What's going on? It's reasonable to ask that question. But it's also reasonable to understand it is a long process. And I think what you're seeing now is you're seeing Chad Bumpus work. I think down the stretch, the quality of this class is going to be largely reliant on uh, the, the number and quality of players that Chad Bumpus is able to bring to the signing day table for Mississippi State. I'm betting on Chad. All right, time for today's top ten list is always brought to you by CloseWithBlair.com. That's C-L-O-S-E with Blair, B-L-A-I-R.com. Blair is a mortgage professional. 20, 22 years of experience in the industry, back to back to back, top 1% close ratio in the country. Isn't that amazing? Somebody that can take your dream and make it a reality and get you to the signing day table. And all of a sudden, you are the blue chip recruit. It's important. You need somebody that's going to treat you with that type of uh, customer service. And that's Blair. You don't stay in any industry 20 plus years on accident. It's a guy that's getting the job done. If you need mortgage help, if you need to buy a home, and this is a great time to do it, it's summertime, you can do it now. You may not even have to change school districts, but if you do, you can do it so the kids don't have to miss any school and transfer in the middle of the year and have a change in curriculum. Be smart about it. But, and part of that is making an intelligent decision with who's going to represent you as your advocate with underwriting, who is going to put a loan package together for you that makes sense and works for you. It's got to be Blair Chandler. Visit him at closeatblair.com, or better yet, let me give you his number. And if, and if, you, if you don't have time to write it down or you, you don't want to go back and look for it, just hit me up in the DMs. I'm happy to give it to you. But it's 601-500-2344. Again, 601-500-2344. That's closeatblair.com, a true mortgage professional. All right. Uh, our buddy Heath Hopkins has sent us some uh, lists from time to time. Some of them have made sense to me. Some of them I just didn't, weren't enthused about. But Heath kind of challenged uh, me and Roy yesterday. So we decided to do his list today because I don't want him to sit around. Heath is a, is a really nice guy, but I don't want Heath to sit around thinking, oh, I've got him stomped. Well, you don't. He even uh, sent along a, a nice little link to try to assist us. We didn't need it. But he's like, hey, how about a uh, top 10 list involving footwear? Footwear. Now, we could have done an entire list of uh, country songs about boots. 
uh, probably could have found some uh, several rap songs, you know, about, uh, you know, my Adidas, right, from uh, Run DMC, Air Force Ones from Nelly. We could have done that. We decided to kind of do a potpourri list. There's some country, there's some rock. Uh, not R&B, unfortunately. I didn't work in uh, Dirty White Boots either from Lenny Kravitz. That's a nice little honorable mention for you, too. It's a great album. Check it out. But here is our top ten list involving footwear. You know, we've had some in the past. People say, well, what about Thanksgiving? Or what about this? What about that? And uh, I think many of you underestimate me and my wealth of knowledge when it comes to music. So send those challenges on. You know, we did one on pegs here recently, too. You didn't think we could do that? We did it. So send them. The best way to send them, as you know, is find me and Roy on social media. But here is today's top 10 list on footwear. Number 10, a really interesting alternative song. It's not an alternative rock. It's, it, it's more like my son Ian's kind of music. He's, he really likes alternative music. Uh, he's a big uh, Backseat Lovers fan. And uh, went and saw them recently at Hangout Fest. Loves those guys. Um, and I'm really happy we were able to do that for him. And uh, got his sister Mia to bring him to another show. He's been to a couple shows with her to see his bands. And I'm happy to do that. But this artist is kind of in the same vein of what he likes. And it's a great song called New Shoes by Paolo Natini. I don't know what it is about the song. I just dig it, man. It's not in my regular wheelhouse by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a really cool track. It is. He's got a little bit of an accent. I put my new shoes on today, and everything feels fine. Everything's great. So it's a very kind of eclectic song, but it's a cool song. Got a good vibe to it. The video's cool, too. Number nine, and you know we had to get some country in here. Many of you would say this should probably be higher on the list, and that is okay. You can start your own show, build up your own following, and uh, have your own top 10 list about shoe wear. And you can have this higher on your list. But uh, it's number nine on mine. It's Morgan Wallen's Sand in My Boots, which is a beautiful song. I just don't think it's as good as the songs ahead of it. You may disagree. I know that a lot of people can be irrational when it comes to Morgan Wallen. Uh, not that uh, I haven't been wrapped up in fandom of other artists before, too, and lose all objectivity. I think Morgan Wallen has a lot of great songs. I think this is one of them, but I think there are many songs in his catalog that are better than this one. But it's Sand in My Boots. It's a love story. You know, it is. Uh, goes down and sees a girl on the beach and eventually coaxes her back up to his home state of Tennessee. So it's a great song. And to be honest with you, I know many of you Morgan Wallen fans, uh, I don't like some of the uh, breakup stuff of Morgan Wallen. I think some of it is almost bitter, you know, I, I like the happier stuff with Morgan Wallen. Of course, I don't drink beer and sit around on a bar still feeling sorry for myself either. But uh, my point being is that this is the brand of music that I, I really kind of prefer from him. He is a very talented guy. There's no doubt about it. Number eight, one of the greatest gifts that 80s, the 80s ever gave us off the new Tattoo album, which was uh, the first one kind of written and recorded by the original Motley Crue um, a lot of changes, but the album is uh, New Tattoo, and the song is Hell on High Heels. And it was the first single off that album. It's not my favorite song on that album, but it fits our motif for today. So it's Molly Cruz, Hell on High Heels. They did an animated cartoonish type video, and it didn't work out. Vince's voice on this one is just, um, you can tell it's kind of beginning to fade a little bit. And I hate to be critical of Vince, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. 
But Motley's Hell on High Heels, number eight. Number seven, we're going back to country here. I didn't know who sang this song for a long time, but it seemed like everywhere I went, I'd hear the song. And, um, you know, it's about a guy that's a working man, put in a full day's work, going to take his lady out on the town. It's John Party's Dirt on My Boots. That's number seven on your list. Dirt on My Boots. It's interesting, too. You know, most of those guys in country don't have a lot of range, but I like the way he uses the register here. It's mainly in the low register, but he doesn't try to oversing it. It's a good track. Number six, stick in with country, and we're doing shoe wear. It's a lot of, a lot of boot songs in country. And I submit this is one of the best boot songs ever. It's Shania Twain's song where she questions you, sir. Whose bed have your boots been under? Great question, right? Where you been? What are you up to? And I don't think it's a toxic relationship. I don't think Shania Twain's that kind of girl. I think she truly loves all of us. She just wants us to be faithful to her. And how could you not be? My goodness. What an incredible, beautiful, talented woman. At the end of the day, I know there's a guy, some guy somewhere that is sick of her, right? Maybe it's Mutt Lang. There's somebody somewhere that's got a story about Shania Twain. It's not very flattering. That's the case for all of us. But uh, absolutely incredible performer. Incredible. Number five, our final country song on the show today. And uh, Roy didn't mention this one. And even though this is about footwear, this song is about not wearing footwear. And if you have uh, any knowledge of Kenny Chesney's catalog, you know where I'm going with this. It's no shoes, no shirt, no problem. I like Kenny Chesney. I do. And uh, I could probably put a list together of Kenny Chesney songs. And uh, Kenny, obviously a big SEC football fan, but also a guy, too, that uh, I think people just kind of relate to him. I, I, I didn't like the, um, the song he ripped off from Jerry Maguire, you know, You Had Me From Hello or whatever. I didn't, I didn't like it. That whole thing was contrived. But I, I like the good time and stuff from Kenny Chesney. And I think Forever Feels is a great track. And the good stuff may be my favorite Kenny Chesney song. But I like Kenny Chesney. And I like the fact that he's a good time and guy. And I think he sees music that people want to get out and have a good time. And so when he has a live show, people enjoy it. All right, number four, quite the contrast here as we transition from Kenny Chesney to 80s New Wave. It's Adam Ant. I believe Adam is making his uh, top ten list debut on the Boneyard. And uh, my friends and former opening act – that became the Molly Ringwalds, and I've told you guys this lineage before, when they first opened for us with Savello, they were fronted by a guy named Byron, and they were a band called Reality. They sang a lot of Gene Loves Jezebel and some British rave and things like that. And then Byron quit, or they fired him, and then they became um, Pencils and Crayons and then Crush UK, and then eventually they just kind of said, hey, if we're going to do this 80s thing, let's go all out. And they became the Molly Ringwalds. Those guys used to open for us, and uh, they did a great cover of Adam Ant's Goody Two Shoes, because you don't drink, you don't smoke. What do you do? There's got to be something inside. It's great. It's a great track. It's a happy track. and good horns on it. Not a big horns fan, to be honest with you. Not with rock music or pop music. I like it with my R&B. Like, I love Cool in the Gang. love all that kind of stuff. But uh, Adam Ant's Goody, Goody Two Shoes. Number four on the list. Number three, 
I had to work this in. Some of you may not like it, and that's okay. You'll learn to live with it. It's uh, from Black Sabbath. It's fairies wear boots. Fairies wear boots. And our good friends, Magnolia Bayou, a Mississippi band, they do a Black Sabbath set. This is one of the songs they cover. So Black Sabbath, fairies wear boots, number three on the list. Number two. Now, some people would suggest this is the greatest footwear song of all time. And it sounds so weird to say that. We're talking about footwear songs, but yeah, Heath offered. He laid down the gauntlet and made a challenge. We're here to answer it. It is the beautiful and talented Nancy Sinatra. These boots are made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. And one of these days, these boots are going to walk all over you. That's in your face right there. I like it. And the video is good, too. Come on, boots. Let's walk. I like it. Nancy Sinatra, kind of a one-hit wonder, would you not say? Would we not agree to that? But number two, these boots are made for walking. Number one, though, I am a Mississippian, and so I like to promote Mississippians when I can. Uh, Sometimes there are some college allegiances that prevent that. Uh, But that said, even though there is this great picture of him wearing an Ole Miss shirt, uh, Elvis is all of us. And if we're talking Elvis, you know what you got to do. You got to stay off his blue suede shoes. You can do whatever you want, but you got to stay off his blue suede shoes. And maybe we should all go out and buy some. Wouldn't that be cool? I don't know if I have anything to match those, though. I mean, do those go with other pants? I don't think they do. All that said, anytime we can celebrate the music of the king, Elvis Presley, we should. Number one, Elvis's blue suede shoes. So, Heath, I hope I did you well. I hope we uh, answered your challenge. I think that my list and our list is better than most of the other lists out there. because we have some diversity on the list. And also, you throw in our honorable mentions there. That's tough. Speaking of that, we probably should throw in Korn's Adidas as well, even though that song is not about footwear. It just happens to be an acronym for something else that we all enjoy. But nevertheless, if you have an idea for the top ten list, reach out let me know. Uh, Best way to do that is hit Roy up on Twitter at dogmatic67. That's D-A-W-G-M-A-T-I-C-6-7. You can also find our great list under that same handle on Spotify, if you're a Spotify person. And I'm on all forms of social media, at Scout Steve R. Hit us up, let us know. We may just use your list. We might. You never know what we're going to do on Friday. You never know. You never know. Maybe your list. You may send something that's so provocative and so interesting, I have to do it. It's weird to me to think we've been doing this, man, for over three years. And still finding fresh ideas. Sometimes I struggle with it, though. Sometimes that's the longest part of preparation for the show. He's trying to put together a good top ten list for you guys. But there you go. And thanks, as always, for your support of the top ten list. All right, next segment of the show is always brought to you by Campus Bookmart, a Starkvillian institution. I love Campus Bookmart. I have for a long time. And they've been with us for a long time. Even when Bulldogs Sports Radio was still a thing, Campus Bookmart has been with me for years. And there is a reason for that. It's it's a mutually beneficial relationship. They do a great job. I think we do a great job representing them here. Have many of you listeners have said, you know what, Steve, I've never been there before until you started mentioning them on the show. I love the place. The service is outstanding, and the selection is too. And that's absolutely correct. That's true customer testimonials. A lot of people want your business. They deserve it. They've been here forever and a day. You're going to spend your money there? It's going to stay right here. It's Bulldogs running that business. Bulldogs doing business with Bulldogs is always a great thing. 
Campus Book Mart, if you can't make it to town and see their smiling faces, go by and visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net and peruse their fine selections and order you some merch and use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. That gets you free shipping on all orders over 75 bucks. Any order less than 75, absolutely incomplete. Mom, it's time. It is. I, I know it snuck up on you. It's like, I, I, Steve, I just want to get to graduations, and there's this, and there's it, it's time, okay? It's time. There's no point in waiting until everything's been picked over. You need to go ahead and get the family some new Mississippi State merchandise for summer vacation. You're going to forget. That's why I'm reminding you each and every show. Go ahead and order today because you want the kids and you want the husband to be repping the brand. Get him that brand new M over S cap. Get him a Bulldog football shirt, whatever, and get yourself something nice too. We want you to always look great. You don't need as much help as we do. You women always look great. But I would encourage you, buy something for yourself. Campus Bookmark. All right, uh, new commitment, and that's one of the reasons this is a little bit later in the show. I've been waiting around for him to commit. I was even I waited a while to do the show, and then I said, well, I'll go ahead and do it, and hopefully he'll commit during the show. He did. Brookhaven's Xavier Gayton commits to Mississippi State. It's a good get. I mean, now, is he a difference maker? No. Is he a guy that can play here? Absolutely. And uh, I've loved him for a long time. Matter of fact, when uh, Neil Stopchinski came aboard our Jeans Page crew, one of the first names I gave him uh, to do a scouting report on was Xavier Gayton. Thought he may be a guy very early on that we would go ahead and jump all on. Uh, took a while. You know, the first original staff offered him. New offensive staff comes in. They want to evaluate him. They do. And uh, reaffirm his offer. And uh, what's interesting about this with him, and uh, eventually we'll get the uh, – the rating correct on him. He's not even rated at this point, which is frustrating for me. It is. It's a story for another day. Uh, but all that said, uh, Xavier Gayton claiming four offers, Southern Miss, Prairie View, Ole Miss offered on Friday, Mississippi State reaffirmed over the weekend, and he picks Mississippi State. This guy is really fleet of foot. Um, there are a lot of guys that run well on track that don't always do it on the field. He does. The pads don't really slow him down. Very natural in his gait. Big time guy. Um, he has run a sub 1100 meters. He is part of um, you know the four by four 100 relay, a team that uh, ran for a state championship last year. Came up short, but they were part of it. This guy can really fly, and he's got football speed. There are a lot of track guys don't have football speed. He does, and the question now is, what does he play? Uh, they line him up at, at the Wildcat at times, down at Brookhaven High School. And so they'll run some zone read stuff with him, and he is so fast. And when he breaks the first tackle, it's, it's generally a big gain. He's also a guy that can play defensive back. I think that's probably where he fits. You know, he's a guy that has some versatility, can play all over the field. Could he play corner? I think with his frame, he is going to grow into a safety. And probably a guy that needs to play with the ball in front of him. This is a Tony Hughes commitment. And, guys, I tell you all the time, unless things get really crazy, I'll take Tony Hughes up against anybody when it comes to in-state recruiting. And Tony's going to have a big class. We spend so much time praising Chad Bumpa. Sometimes we almost take for granted that we have uh, Tony Hughes on this staff. And now you got Dave Turner. I mean, you got guys that have been through the SEC wars and the Magnolia State craziness. 
they know what to expect, and they also know what a Southeastern Conference player looks like. And so getting Gaten in is big. Uh, this, you know, again, we'll, we'll get the rating done, but uh, Mississippi State now with nine commitments for the class, and uh, that's a handful, man, here in a few days. Fred Clark, right? You saw him decommit from Ole Miss and commit to Mississippi State. Luke Work, of course, commits at camp there. Got another commitment that's going to announce on June the 18th, and we feel like there's a couple more, too, that uh, have kind of made the decision and communicated that decision to the staff and just haven't announced yet. But again, just two weeks ago, even your good friend and host was a little concerned. And now here we are uh, looking at our class thinking, hey, things are coming together nicely. There's still a lot of big fish out there, and that's what we're going for now. We're kind of filling in now. You get Terrence Hibbler, that's obviously a big, big get for you. But uh, look at the class now. We mentioned Terrence Hibbler, the highest-rated commitment in the class, a four-star with a rating just under 91. Josh Flowers, a four-star quarterback from Baker High School in Mobile, Alabama. And I remind you, that is uh, the same high school that gave us Blaine Clausell years ago, a two-star offensive lineman that ended up playing in the National Football League. Uh, T.J. Lockhart, rated in 87, a three-star from just down the road at Winona. I like this kid a lot. I really do. He's got to get into shape. He does. Got to learn to play at a different playing weight. But this guy, even his girth, uh, is a very, very athletic player. Just got to get him in shape. And that's one thing I don't worry about here is uh, strength and conditioning. Of course, Fat Clark, I expected him to go to Mississippi State in the early going. I was surprised that he committed to Ole Miss. And now, you know, all is right in the world. Fat's a bulldog. When you guys have a chance to meet him, this is the kind of guy, too, that he'll do well in interviews. He's well-spoken. Um, you know, a, a guy that uh, smiles easy. He'll be a guy maybe you could send to uh, media days. I hope he has a college career worthy of inclusion in that. But you're going to like Fred's personality. Really down-to-earth kid. Caleb Dozier, he was here last week. Really, really pleased with this take. I liked him before, and then seeing him in camp, I liked him even more. And then get a chance to watch him a whole lot. But uh, – Watching him get out there and move around a little bit, you can see why there was the intrigue by the Bulldog staff. Matt Mayfield out of uh, Beauchene High School there in Arnoldville, Louisiana, suburb of New Orleans. Uh, wide receiver, a three-star. And my, my attitude's always been like this. You know, like, if you feel like that you're going to go out and get some big fish, it's okay to take a developmental guy like this. I just, I just ordinarily wouldn't do it so early in the spring. But if Bump wants him, I want him. That's my attitude. Jay Lindsey, tight end, came in last week to camp. And I'll be honest with you, I feel better about this take. Rated an 85. But I feel better about after seeing him in person. And it's funny how that works, right? There's only so much you can tell from a huddle video. But he is much bigger than I expected. He has a big wingspan. You can see this is a guy here with a couple years in the weight room. Could be a real force in this offense. So I kind of understand take him as early as we did. There were some people kind of critical of that. I was like, well, why did we take him so early? Well, I think because he fits what we want. And now all of a sudden, uh, you know, he's uh, he's kind of rising up the ranks a little bit. Now all of a sudden you start thinking, well, what's, you know, what's happening with this kid, you know? What's happening? We picked up an offer from Ole Miss since his commitment to Mississippi State. Does that make you feel better about it? It doesn't mean I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't care who all offers. I, I care what the tape shows. But for some people, it's like, well, he doesn't have any other SEC offers. Well, you know, now Ole Miss has offered after Mississippi State committed him. 
So clearly we were on him first. That's made a difference, and uh, he has recently kind of uh, reaffirmed his decision. Tells our Paul Jones that he's still confident in his commitment and not interested in entertaining any other overtures from other schools. But, uh, yeah, we feel good about him. We do. And, and in the beginning, I'm like, I don't know, we'll see. Luke Work, I mean, I've had him on my radar for a couple of years now. And uh, I set up his profile page on 247 and uh, very happy to be able to announce his commitment. And Luke is a guy, 6'6", 285, will be a tackle. And I don't know that anybody, like wearing this jersey, I don't know if it'll mean any more to anybody than Luke Work. I'm not saying that you know it's going to mean any less, but my point being is that it's going to mean a lot to a lot of people, chance to further their career and to get their education paid for. But Luke Work is a young man that uh, comes from a family of Bulldogs that goes back generations. It has been his dream to wear the maroon and white his entire life. So he will take a lot of pride in wearing that uniform. He will do the things necessary to move this program ahead. He understands. He has ridden the wave with all of us through the good and the bad. So he's not going to have to be coached up on our history, right? The good thing is, is that most of his life, he has seen Mississippi State in bowl games. So that's the expectation. You know, we didn't grow up with that. We grew up, hey, we, we, we just don't want to have a losing season. Let's just try not to get embarrassed. And then we hired Jackie Sherrill, and all of a sudden we developed a little self-esteem. My point being is that Luke is a guy that only will help us on the recruiting trail, but I think that he is a guy that will commit himself in a major way uh, to moving Mississippi State football in a very positive direction. So, Xavier Gayton, your new commitment, I think you can feel good about that one. There are others coming, as you guys are well aware. Uh, it's gonna, you know, We're going to sign 25-plus. So, you got nine guys for now. You probably got a third of your class in. And uh, some big fish left to go. We talked about those wide receivers. You start adding those guys in, you start feeling good about them. Start feeling good about the direction of your staff. And uh, I won't tell you who, but I had uh, a Mississippi State football coach tell me people are about to start paying attention to what's happening in Starsville. You can tell they're starting to fill their oats a little bit. You can tell they're starting to get some confidence. They're starting to realize, hey, we got some things going our way. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. You know, it's just like I think about, you know, you got Joey Jones and Steve Campbell. You got two former Division One head coaches working, helping on the recruiting side. That's their sole responsibility now. You don't think that's a big deal? It absolutely is. It's a great staff we put together, you know. And I think, again, we're going to do a good job in Alabama. We're going to do a good job in Mississippi. We're going to do a good job in Louisiana. And I don't – think we're going to go out and recruit, you know, Osceola, Missouri or whatever. You know, we're not going to be out there and, you know, bug tussle Texas. We'll spot recruit those, but we're going to by and large build relationships. And I know that's one of the things that Zach committed himself to, that we wanted to uh, be more in contact with our Mississippi coaches and schools within our recruiting footprint than any other school. We wanted to work them harder. That's how you get guys to camps. And we've got a big seven-on-seven seven camp, uh, you know, coming up. And we'll be at, matter of fact, we'll be out at camp, uh, well, I guess, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the rest of the week. So we'll have some things, and we'll go out there Friday and uh, need to get some pictures of some of these kids. We're a little bit behind in that respect. But uh, we'll go out and get some interviews. So if you're looking for full coverage of Campus Weekend, the only place you can find it is jeanspage.com. And uh, we're going to have a good time with it. We are. And, uh, again, the commitment train is just really beginning to leave the station. Big things are happening. But, yeah, you can feel good about Xavier Gaten. 
really talented young guy with the, the raw materials to be a very good player. You can build a class around the guy? No, you're not. But this is a guy that's going to do some good things at Mississippi State. I think you're going to be proud to have him as part of your program. Six foot, 190 pounds, and can really, really, really run. All right, final segment of the show brought to you by the fine folks at Portico. If you're considering moving to the Golden Triangle, then Starkville should be at the top of your destination list. Best thing about living here is the people. It's great to be close to Mississippi State, but I'll be honest with you, if I had known what a great community this was, I'd have moved here anyway. It's wonderful. People are outstanding. And you get the convenience of being just down the street from campus. So when it's time to go to a ball game, you ain't got far to travel. How cool is that? Portico is just 1.1 miles away from all things Bulldog. You turn off 82 on a 12, take your very first ride at Pat Station Road, go through the four-way stop, boom, there you are. Give yourself a self-guided tour next time you're in town. You have the opportunity uh, to be kind of a destination, a stopover place for all your friends and family that are perhaps traveling to the ballgame and come by and eat with you. Maybe you can talk them into cutting the grass. That'd be cool, right? You can start with a two-bedroom, two-bath home, go all the way up to a four-bedroom, four-bath home. And if you want to have some say in how the home is built, you can do that too. You can pick out a lot, pick out a housing plan. They can do a custom build for you, whatever you'd like. If you need more information, and chances are you do, hit our friend up, Brooks Bryan. It's 601-416-8075. Again, 601-416-8075. And again, if you don't have time to write the number down, just hit me up on social media. I'm happy to provide it. It's kind of like Kramer, when the movie phone thing, right? Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind. I want to connect you with people that are going to make your life better as best I can. Make Portico your next move. All right, let's spend the last few minutes. we got to get our talk on a little college baseball. Uh, Super Regionals are now set. Wake Forest in Alabama. And uh, good for the Crimson Tide. And uh, a lot of people two weeks ago told me they didn't think Jason Jackson had a chance to get that job. Now people expect him to get that job. Because what do you want? You want a winning program, right? It almost kind of reminds you a little bit of the Gary Henderson thing. A lot of people kind of jump behind Gary. Uh, John elected to go in a different direction. And, uh, but I think Greg Byrne maybe has seen enough to keep Jason. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, he has some support within the fan base. Stanford takes out Texas A&M, and they will uh, host Texas. And David Pierce is a guy, too. A lot of people have been ultra critical of him. People forget 2021, they finished third in the country. But last year, they were preseason number one and very much underachieved. But they're back in the mix again for Omaha. But I like the Stanford club. I do. Watching Stanford and and, uh, Oregon State play, when I look at the brand of athletes they have, I think that's what we should look like. We should go out and get those athletic-looking guys. You know, maybe not guys that um, maybe light up analytics, but give me guys that can run and feel that don't have this stiffness with them. And that's what Stanford and Oregon State look like. They got some guys. They got some dudes. But I like Stanford. I do. We'll talk about this a little bit on Friday. But, um, you know, David, uh, David Esker at uh, Stanford's done a great job building a great program there. And I shared on Gene's page, too, when those guys came to Starkville back in 19, and, you know, that's the big Elijah McNamee weekend, and we won that Super Regional, went to Omaha. I don't know that anybody that has visited Mississippi State has been more complimentary of our program, our facilities, and our fans than the fine folks from Stanford. So, as a result, I kind of pull for him. Well, I guess Campbell. Maybe Campbell 
But you'd expect Campbell to kind of be in awe a little bit because of the fact that you know, they're mid-major. Stanford's a power five power. But David Esker, a great job, man. Great job. LSU and Kentucky. Uh, you know, I'm a bit of a Kentucky fan. I'm a Nick Mangione fan. Like, if he left and went somewhere else, I would no longer have any allegiance to Kentucky. But uh, I'm happy for Nick. I mean, people forget. I mean, when Nick Mangione was a volunteer assistant coach at Kentucky, Nick didn't have a house. Nick didn't have any health care benefits. Nick didn't have any money. Nick's a guy that grew up poor. He used to shower in the clubhouse at Kentucky. And now he's taken them to the Super Regionals. They have won a regional for just the second time in school history. Nick is in line for a, uh, a nice extension. It's clear Kentucky baseball is heading in the right direction. And I, you really felt like Nick was coaching for his job this year, and he delivers in a big way. They're going to be on the road at LSU. You know LSU, they got some dudes down there, and um, that ballpark is a very offensive ballpark. And I would do what Auburn and Mississippi State did against LSU. I would throw off. I, if I get beat 25 to nothing on Friday, then so be it. I would not burn a quality arm with Paul Skeens on the mound. That said, because uh, your good friend and host is a little bit Bush League, kind of in the same band as Nick Mangione. Maybe that's why I like him so much. I would do the most irritating things I could possibly do to Paul Skeens. And that guy's very, very tough mentally. It's difficult to rattle him. But I would do all kinds of stuff. I'd bunt run. I'd bluff steal. I'd, I'd delay steal. I'd double steal. I'd get out there and fall down in a base pass. I would do all kind of crazy stuff. Any trick I had in the book to rattle him a little bit, I would. But I also wouldn't throw my best pitcher. Absolutely no chance. And, and we talk about respect, that when you get ready to take the mound on Friday night and your opponents are scared to throw a big-time arm against you, that just goes to show you how good Paul Skeens has been. And where would LSU be without Paul Skeens? I mean, really do the math on that. They may have been struggling to get to Hoover, to be quite honest with you. It's, and even though that team has got a good offense in their ballpark, it's going to be interesting to see if they survive and get back Kentucky, which I expect they will. How does that offense play in Omaha? I don't think it plays well. Maybe I'm wrong, but we'll see. Uh, Tennessee travels to Southern Miss. A lot of people are upset about this, and I don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think Southern Miss deserves to host. Southern Miss a conference champion. I mean, the, the metrics are, are similar. And people say, well, you know, Tennessee was a higher two seed. That's not how it works. They don't seed the full 64 teams. So, and you don't think the uh, the Barry thing is part of this deal. I mean, it is. There's this whole sentimental aspect of this. And not to mention, I mean, you look Tennessee last year. You know, Tennessee blew their opportunity, and they're not as nearly as good a team this year. So why would anybody give you the benefit of the doubt and say, well, hey, yeah, yeah we'll just give it to Tennessee. Not to mention, I get so sick and tired of all this talk about how the SEC always gets every break. It's usually because we're the great teams. You know, we had to go down there and play in 18, and that's the truth. We deserve to have to go on the road and play it so they're missing 18, and we won. Ole Miss goes in there last year and wins the Super Regional, but Southern Miss beat OSU last year. Arguably one of the best teams they've ever had in school history. They just happened to run into a red-hot Ole Miss team. But I'll tell you this, if Tennessee goes into Hattiesburg, Mississippi, pouting 
If they show up down there thinking, well, we should have been hosting, I can't believe we're here, Southern Miss will run them out of yard. I'm pulling for Southern Miss now, to be quite honest with you. I wasn't before, but I am now. I guess really I'm pulling against Tennessee. Uh, but, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. My wife's alma mater, Southern Miss. Indiana State and TCU, that's going to be played at TCU. And it should be played at Indiana State. However, you know, they had booked their facility to help host the Special Olympics. And they have put out a call to people that, for them doing the right thing. And I think they've raised about $25,000 in donations from college baseball fans around the country. So good on you guys. But they got to go to TCU, and Kirk Sarlos has the, the Horn Frogs playing exceptionally well. You don't go into Fayetteville, Arkansas, and, and push Dave Van Horn's club around very often. And it seemed like TCU could do whatever they wanted to do. Now, granted, Arkansas has had some injuries. I really thought Dave Van Horn's toughness would get them out of the regional. And we, we talked about it, how this was not a Cape Cuck regional by any stretch of the imagination with Arizona and TCU. I mean, how many Power Five teams can you have in a regional, right? They have the traditional number four, and then it's three Power Five teams in the same regional. And Arkansas didn't survive. And TCU absolutely deserved this thing. They destroyed Arkansas pitching. And I suspect they'll get Indiana State, too. Indiana State will do good. They're, they're not very good away from home, though. They went to Kentucky and got swept. I like TCU. I'd love to see Indiana State win and get to Omaha. I think it's good for the game. But the way that TCU is playing right now, you got to like Tennessee, TCU. Uh, Oral Roberts, surprise, surprise. They go to the Oklahoma State Regional, and uh, a lot of people thought the Dallas Baptist was probably – the dark horse to win that thing. Nobody gave Oral Roberts a chance. And they beat Dallas Baptist, who was a very solid mid-major. They beat Oklahoma State and then Washington. A lot of people thought Washington was kind of a dark horse out of the Pac-12. No. Now Oral Roberts will travel to Oregon, who won the Vanderbilt Regional. Thanks to Xavier. It's always fun, right, when something crazy like that happens. So Oregon will host... Pac-12 getting a little representation this year, which is good for the Pac-12 homers that ride in college baseball. Virginia and Duke, that'll be interesting. I say that, but uh, you you like Virginia's chances to get back. Brian O'Connor's done a tremendous job building a program there. And then Florida and South Carolina. That's going to be interesting, too. South Carolina has to go to Florida. Uh, you feel like some Gators might actually go to the games since there's something to play for here. South Carolina kind of faded some down the stretch. Florida's pitching really kind of took off down the stretch. It's going to be fun. But with Florida and South Carolina and LSU and Kentucky playing head-to-head, you're assured of having at least two teams from the SEC make the Final Eight. You don't give Alabama a lot of, a lot of, a lot of uh, chance of beating Wake Forest. But um, Tennessee, of course, could slip in there. So you could have three of the eight being from the Southeastern Conference. Had a chance to get five in, and then teams were eliminated along the way. Uh, But that's where we stand. It'll be fun. All right, let's talk some uh, Mississippi State College baseball. A lot of people want to talk Steve, pitching coach, pitching coach, pitching coach. I'm going to encourage you guys to take a deep breath. Do it with me. One, two, three. Yeah, doesn't that feel great? It does. Take a deep breath. People are getting really impatient. Well, what? We, this, this is going on too long. No, it hasn't. 
you got to think, this is the most important hire in Chris Simonis' career. It's not about indecision. It's about being thorough. I mean, yeah, he can go out there and hire a guy today. He can. But there's some other guys that we want to talk to that are still coaching. And this thing may go into next week. I had somebody tell me yesterday, I think it gets wrapped up this week. It could get wrapped up this week. But there's also the possibility it goes in early next week. That's a possibility. Again, there's 16 teams still playing. There are a couple people that maybe we want to talk to. It's not that people are telling us no. I've read that stuff too. Well, we must be getting told no. No, that's not the case. I think it's important for people to understand this is a process. And if your job was on the line, would you just go hire somebody to hire somebody to fill a void? No, you wouldn't. Nor would I. And nor should Chris Simonis. You got to get this high right. This is about the M over S. And this isn't just about Chris Simonis. It's not about Chris extending his tenure here at Mississippi State. It's about returning Mississippi State to its rightful place in college baseball. It's been a rough two years. And we can magnify that, and we can make it worse by making a snap higher just to make a higher. So be patient. Rob Walton of Oklahoma State remains a candidate for the job. I've had some people close to the situation tell me they believe he would accept the job if the offer is extended. And people say, well, why would he leave his alma mater? I'm told after 10 years, he's just kind of ready for a new challenge. Doesn't have small kids at home. He's probably gone as far as he can go there. And, of course, there are people like, oh, why would we want that? You know, listen, what we need, and this is just my estimation, I want to explain this to you as best I can. So, and you can draw whatever conclusions you want from this. We didn't have this pitching lab for a long time. And then we got it. And all of a sudden, we're like kids with a new toy. It's all you want to do is play with that, right? And uh, I remember having a discussion with Ben McDonald out in Omaha, just, you know, back in 21. We were talking about how spin rate has become their new buzzword in pitching. And he told me, he said, uh, when he went to spring training with the Orioles that year, you show up out there and they have all these little pitching labs set up. You know, it's like six or eight of them. And so everybody is throwing bullpens and they're getting all the analytics on the spin rate. And it's like, okay, well, hey, that was 2,500. Let's change the grip and tweak the grip a little bit here and see if we can get a higher spin rate. And they were. But the problem was at times guys couldn't control it. And so – that's what you're kind of dealing with. You have guys out there that all of a sudden you modify the grip. They've got to get comfortable throwing it, and some guys never do. Uh, we've had some of that. We, we've had some guys that um, – I had one source tell me earlier today that a certain pitcher – I won't name the name because I don't want him to be unfairly maligned said, – said they, as soon as he got here that they never stopped messing with him. And it wasn't really about development, and so he just said he was uncomfortable said he was kind of caught between what had always worked for him and then now what was supposedly going to make him a better pitcher. And there was a lot of conflict with that. You know, not verbally, but it's just one of those things where he wasn't able to control the pitch selection the way that he wanted to. So in the past, hey, you you throw a two-seamer, you throw it like you've always thrown it, then all of a sudden they want to tweak the grip – and you're just not comfortable throwing it. And so sometimes you can have people that skew far too 
uh, broad a berth when it comes to something new. You get new technology and it's like, oh, I want to do all of that stuff. I want to do all of that. It's kind of like a musician that gets a new instrument. All of a sudden they go back to that old back catalog. Oh, let's re-record everything. You know, you can't do it. And so we're going to probably go get an old school coach with an old school approach. Not that we won't use analytics. That's an important part of things. But we have to go get somebody that can teach guys to compete and throw strikes, regardless of what the analytics are. I mean, how many times have you heard, you know, go out there and pitch to contact. You know, sometimes you need some swing and miss, but let the guys behind you make plays. Pound the zone, let the defense make plays. That worked for us. Especially back in 13. You know, to John Cohen years, that's what we did. We pitched to contact. We want to get under barrels and have people beat the ball on the ground and let our infielders make plays. Now, that was a real challenge for us over on the left side this year. You know, with Slate and Lane, who are now both in the portal. You know, surprise, surprise, right? So we're going to retool that side of the infield. And obviously, you know, David Marchand will be part of that, Dylan Cups. But we've got to change our, our philosophy. We've got to go out there and pound his own, throw strikes, play good defense, and let the offense take over. When we're out there trying to hit a number, it's like, hey, we want to get to 3,000 or 3,200 RPMs on our spin rate on our breaking ball. If you can't throw it for a strike, it's worthless. Period. And everybody's one thing. I'm a baseball guy too, but there's so many baseball nerds out there. It's like everybody's seen Moneyball and they think, oh, well, this is how it's got to be. You know, no, it doesn't. The analytics are the analytics. You know, Eric Sarantola, great guy. Analytics off the chart. Eric couldn't consistently throw strikes. So ultimately, he lost his start, his spot in the starting rotation in our NAFL championship season, did not throw a meaningful inning down the stretch after the series at LSU. But analytics-wise, he was off the charts. And you know what? He may figure it out in minors, and we're hoping that he does. We love Eric. But we had to make a decision. You know, Houston Harding, he wasn't an analytics freak, but he trusted his stuff and he'd go pound on his own. And how many, we go out there and play Texas and Omaha, and Houston gave us a great start. Houston was the, uh, the winner in the final against Campbell in the regional that year. And so I, I share that as I want winning baseball players. I don't necessarily want guys that are Major League Baseball prospects. I want some of those, but I don't want to get so prospecty that I can't go sign a guy that's going to go in there and compete and give me a good outing. Sometimes you can be too reliant on technology. And I think in some respects we have been. Now, the name Rob Childress has been passed along to me, former Texas A&M coach. Before that, he was the uh, pitching coach at Nebraska under Dave Van Horn. He is back in Nebraska now. His uh, last year at A&M was in 21 and uh, has been in an off-the-field capacity in Nebraska ever since. They have recently parted ways with their pitching coach. And um, so he may stay there. But he is a name that has been passed along to me that is a guy that has interest in the job and a guy that we have spoken to. Not to say that he's going to get the job. I'm just telling you, the guy's a candidate. A native of Texas. Obviously, we spent a lot of time in the state of Texas. Uh, when you look at his numbers here, too, what's this one thing that's interesting, too? We talk about, you know, because here's what I really believe. Nobody's ever told me this. It's just my, my feeling. I think the main reason that Rob Childress got fired 
is because Schlossnagel is ready to make a move and get out of TCU. And I think A&M wanted to make sure that Schlossnagel didn't end up in Texas. So they decided, you know what, hey, let's make a move. And here, here's – let me give you my reasoning for that. Let's just look at the last, I don't know, handful of years with a after they joined the Southeastern Conference. Under Childress, you know, like he gets there in 06, they have a losing year. The only losing season he ever had as a head coach is his first year at A&M in the Big 12. And then it's Super Regional, Super Regional, 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 College World Series, Regional. And so they went a regional three out of six years. They joined the Southeastern Conference. And then it's regional, regional, super regional, super regional, College World Series, regional, regional. And then the one year he doesn't make a regional, they fire him. He went 29-27, finished last in the West, 9-21. That's true. It's one bad year. One bad year and he's gone. Just tells you maybe that he overstayed his welcome. He'd been there since 06, and a lot of people thought he wasn't going to be able to get over the hump. You remember back in 16, you know, they came to Starkville and swept our SEC championship team, Super Bulldog Weekend. They went 20 and 10 in the SEC that year. We just happened to go 21 and 9. So it was huge. That year, they went to Super Regional. The year, the, the next year, after everybody was talking about, well, you know, AM was a veteran team in 16. They were old, and they were. They go to Omaha the next year. And so I point that out because I think some people, they say, oh, well, the guy got fired. Every coach gets fired at some point unless they retire right off into the sunset. And I've, I've put his name out there as a potential candidate, and people are like, oh, you know, you know, Steve, I mean, no, no. I think it's important to understand, too, there are a lot of people that share information, and a lot of times it's just kind of talking among friends or whatever, and some people have good contacts. But one thing is I think it's important to understand is all of a sudden people put, hey, this is who I want. I think he'd be great. And you know what? You're entitled to that opinion. So is everybody else. They can have their own opinions about who they think is the right coach. But we got to be ready to pivot when maybe it's not the guy you want. I think it's important to understand. Just, just because it's not the guy you want doesn't mean that we failed in our search. Could be Rob Childress. Could be. Uh, could be Nate Yeske, right? Uh, I've heard that Nate may be leaving Texas A&M too. And, of course, it makes sense that he would go to LSU, right? Because Jay Johnson and he were together at Arizona. And then Nate takes a job at A&M. Jay gets a job at LSU. Uh, but, you know, I... I've been told, you know, the two of them are just kind of, you know, kind of Luke cool about each other. So we'll see. But, you know, I know Jay is a very driven guy, wants to win an Apple championship. Maybe they can uh, put a paycheck big enough in front of uh, Nate to get him to go to LSU. Maybe. Of course, there's uh, Mascara from Wake Forest. They're, they're continuing to play, you know, and you got to wonder what they're willing to pay salary-wise to keep him there at Wake Forest. How long do they play? Does that – you know, prolong or elongate our search. I mean, I'm sure we've got some figures out there. It's not like we're just flying blind thinking, hey, we want to talk to this guy at some point. But the reality of it is, is there's still some names out there. And I believe we're close, but I can't necessarily say that it's imminent. Again, I had somebody tell me they expect it to happen this week. I'm not totally convinced that it will happen this week. Now, Monday, I felt that way. I felt like this will probably be the week. 
But don't be surprised if this thing lingers in the next week a little bit. Maybe. Now, I want to address something else, too. We discussed this on Gene's page. Ironically enough, somebody brought up, hey, you know, buddy of mine saw Lamonis out at Seaside. You know, why is he taking a vacation? He should be out recruiting. Uh, he was out during the dead period. You couldn't go out and recruit. The kids are all uh, out of town playing summer baseball. Uh, what's a guy supposed to do to sit in his office? You know, and not to mention, have you ever been around Chris Simonis when he's away from the baseball diamond? He's constantly on his phone. He's uh, fielding calls from coaches that are pushing recruits. He's uh, fielding calls from Major League Baseball scouts that are inquiring about your diamond dogs. He's also getting feedback from scouts about where his uh, signees may land and be selected. That guy is constantly on the phone. Constantly. And listen, no matter your thoughts about Chris Simonis, and of course we've all have been through a very difficult two years, including Chris, let's not forget that, um, the guy can't take a little time off to go hit the golf ball around a little bit? He's on the road right now recruiting players. As soon as the dead period ended, your coaches hit the road. That's important to understand, too. You know, it's not like anybody's just sitting around. Well, we've we got we to gotta hire a pitching coach, you know. That's one of the things that I mentioned, too. That, hey, what's to say when he's on vacation that he's not interviewing somebody off campus? You got pride eyes like mine, right? You never know. I'm going to just ride through the parking lot on my way to football or something or go to camp and see some vehicle there that uh, perhaps has got out-of-state plates that might match, uh, you know, a, a state perhaps that is uh, host a school that we may be entering interviewing a candidate from, right? We do a lot of that stuff. We do a lot of interviews off campus. Not to say that was the case here, and this time it wasn't. My point being is that we got to let Chris Lamonis be a human being, uh, not a robot. And uh, I, I was kind of offended, to be honest with you, um, because I know how I would feel. It's like, my goodness, I can't go out and recruit. I've got no games to coach. What am I supposed to do? Just kind of lock myself in my office. And that's the thing, too. Those guys work seven days a week. You know, once we get into um, summer workouts and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, there's official visits that go on. There's campus visits. There's the camps. When are they supposed to get some downtime? It doesn't happen very often. I, I just I, the whole thing was poor form. I just wanted to address that because I didn't want it out there. Because I don't go to other Mississippi State message boards, but I don't want it out there that um, your coach is being derelict in his duty. The, the results are the results, but it's not like they're not out there taking the steps that they feel are necessary. To turn this thing around. Of course, there's always the argument they didn't take him last year. Well, apparently not enough of them. But he's our coach. And if he's successful this year, we're successful. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And we move forward. We part as friends. We just aren't coworkers anymore, right? But the reality of it is, is that he is our coach. And as a fan base, we should be behind him. We should wish him the best. You know, we all knew Ben Howen's final year that if he didn't win, he was gone. And even myself, who has never been a Ben Howen fan, we got behind him. We supported him. Did the best we could until we realized it wasn't going to happen. I was very critical of Ben Howen during his career here, very, his tenure. Very, 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 very critical. And uh, even had some people in the Bryan building call me and tell me, I think you're being a little bit hard on Ben. 
you know what? Maybe you guys should be harder on Ben. Because Ben's not producing for an extended period of time. And so when I began to look at this thing with, with Chris, you know, at least Chris has the benefit of an AFL championship. And like I, there's people like want to compare the two between Ben Howland and Lamontis. I just kind of laugh to myself. You kidding me? You want to stack up NITs with regional appearances and super regionals and going home? Are you kidding me? You talk about a reach to justify a false narrative. That's it right there. So as long as uh, our coaches are our coaches, I'm going to support them. I'm going to call it as I see it, and I would ask that you do the same. And uh, listen, I don't ever expect anybody to agree with everything that I say by any stretch. I could be absolutely wrong about Chris. You know, my hope is he turns it around. I'm concerned like the rest of you. But I know if we go out we get the right pitching coach and we find a couple players in the portal that can help us, and we're probably more than that, you understand my point, we got to hit on everything this offseason. We need the draft to go our way. We need to know the, the portal to go our way. we got to get the right pitching coach. And let's put a quality product back on the field. Let's get back to we talk about these brackets for the NCAA tournament, that we're in it, that every game matters to us because they're – potentially an opponent for us. It's an important aspect of things. I hate not going to Hoover. I hate not being in a regional. I hate you guys not having a chance to come pack out Duty Noble Field and let's talk about attendance records and big moments and walk-off home runs and things like that. It sucks, man. It sucks. It does. Nobody's pleased with the results. Nobody. But the reality of it is, is what choice do we have right now? Get behind Lamonis, get behind the staff. Let's all pull in the same direction. Turn this thing around. And, of course, ultimately all we're doing is just offering good vibes and support. But the reality of it is, is you know, I don't, I don't know where, what getting negative profits any of us. And that's just me. Maybe you disagree. And that's okay. I love you just the same. If you hadn't done so, go to dogpilebook.com and get that a signed copy of Dogpile. You can get Alpha Dogs. Limited quantities of Alpha Dogs remain. And then uh, we still got a few hundred copies of Flim Flam. Maybe you, your uh, father-in-law is an old Miss fan. I mean, for Father's Day, you buy him that gift. But uh, you can get most of my sports books there. Blooms of Oleander will soon be out of print. I had notified them I'm not renewing uh, the printing agreement for this next year. So that'll soon be out of print. So if you hadn't done that, you can pick that up at a local bookstore or through Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, BooksandMegan.com. And um, we'll just kind of move forward with that. I mean, it's just, it was never – I never expected it to last this long, but we've uh, we sold a good number of books and happy to do it. Thank you guys that have supported me and bought that book. And then, of course, uh, you get your Stark Villains gear at StarkVillains.com. All right, if you're not a member of JeansPage.com, come join us. You'll be glad you did. And uh, another great month, man. We had another big month. You guys are amazing. And uh, saw a screenshot the other day. I think we're like number six during this current promotion uh, and nationally and so on subscriptions. I mean, all, you know, all the Bulldogs that know stuff or want to know stuff come to us. So come be a part of that. You'll be glad you did. Uh, jeanspage.com, the Mississippi State affiliate for 247 Sports. All right, that's it for today. We'll be back on Friday. Hopefully I'm just as happy that day as I am today. Um, and, again, I hope there's happiness in your life. And uh, if there is something wrong in your life, I don't care what it is, Who's causing it or whatever? I hope you get that resolved. I really do. Because life is too short and death is too certain to live unhappy. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.